You're listening to the Fire in the Hole podcast with Richard and Jason, available on iTunes, SoundCloud, and Google Play. If you like the show, you can help us out by supporting us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, and by rating and reviewing us on iTunes. If you want to be a guest on the show, or you want to get in touch, drop us a line at fireintheholepodcast at gmail.com. That's fireintheholepodcast at gmail.com. Enjoy the show. Today, David Daneman joins the show. David has an awesome webcomic called The Dane Men, and it's fucking hilarious. Uh, he rotoscopes his own face into every frame so that every character looks exactly like him. It's fucking brilliant. Go check him out on Instagram and Twitter at uh, The Dane Men, T-H-E-D-A-N-E-M-E-N. He also has a podcast called The Pod Comics Webcast, where it's webcomic artists talking to other webcomic artists. Uh, very interesting, very fun if you are interested in web comics. So on the show, he talked about recently moving to Montreal, uh, all about his web comic and podcast, and Trump snuck his way in there. Sneaky ass Trump did it again. So without further ado, here is the very funny, ridiculously talented David Deneman on Fire in the Hole. I make the webcomic The Daneman. If you've read my comics, you already know what they're like. If you haven't, why not? My comics are gag strips. I don't worry about characters or storyline. about Bannon. Bannon actually if you look into his backstory it's pretty fascinating because he's he is like ex-military and he made his fortune from Seinfeld. Do you know like that's I do not know the that's story. That's where all of Bannon's money comes from is he he was a like an entertainment lawyer briefly and at one point in time he decided to take um like dividends in a production company that ended up making Seinfeld and so he's just made for life because just happened to have these it was an shares. accident that he got paid off in Seinfeld shares wow. and then Seinfeld ended up being what it is and so Steve just, Bannon has been brought to us by Seinfeld <laughs> that's so that's so weird he's yeah. isn't he anti-semitic he's anti-semitic probably I feel yeah like I'm gonna just go ahead and say yes <laughs> I, say I, I don't even know but yeah <laughs> He's probably. I want to. I want to believe that that that's probably true. The fact that this guy, because I'm going to say he is an anti-Semite, yeah. has to sign a check from Seinfeld like every day of his life <laughs> for like 13 cents. <laughs> it's like burning his ass yeah. every day. Like, God damn it! This is what's driving him crazy. Is they the Seinfeld checks? <laughs> I'm going to. I'm going to help Trump become president. <laughs> yeah. He oh, also. Weird. He also um, produced the Anthony Hopkins Titus Andronicus film. That Jesus, was, I, yeah. don't, I did not hear about this His, at all. His like, background is really entertainment. Okay. And, uh, Which it doesn't look like at all, right? He looks like he's an imperial tobacco VP. Yeah. Kind yeah. Of he dresses like me, actually. Like, like long shorts and, and a flannel. Um and then his face, of course. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and then, of course, there's his face. That's face. <laughs> Our next episode will be. He looks like a guy waking up on the beach. <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> oh, time is it? Yeah. Uh. yeah. Some uh, some Nick Nolte vibes. <laughs> Definitely some Nick Nolte vibes. Fat Nolte. They go to the same uh, 
beach to pass out. <laughs> yeah. Going to my sleeping beach. <laughs> they wake up next to each other. So is that, I mean, you seem to know a little bit about this stuff. Uh, do you keep abreast of politics or you yes. just kind of actively? Um, I listen to the NPR politics blog religiously. Um, okay. <sighs> it's, it's an interesting time to be alive, isn't it? It very much is. Sure it. is. Um, Jokes are real, I think, is our... Yeah. Our slogan. <laughs> I don't even know what to think anymore. Um, I, I actually am working on a screenplay of the 2016 election because the whole thing seemed uh, scripted to me. It did seem like that. Well, the day after the first debate, the first debate, which was hosted by Fox News, Trump is center stage, asked the first question, which he hits out of the park on a Rosie O'Donnell joke. Did he, start, did he open with that? That was the very first line. Wow. I, and, and what's even weirder is John Stewart retired the next day. And that always stuck with me. I was like, is John Stewart running the Trump campaign? Because, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, this would have been, I mean, possibly the time he would have been needed the most, right? Uh-huh. You, you could say that, yeah. If <laughs> ever his services were needed. Yeah. I mean, he's been honing a New Jersey impression for most of his career, which was basically it's true. a Trump impression. Pretty much. <laughs> right. Pretty much. Yeah, yeah. When he gets New Jersey-ish. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. Yeah. So, so yeah, that's a weird one. So, so Stuart retires. He opens with Rosie O'Donnell. That happened in 24 hours. Putting her on, putting her on blast. And that, I mean, he'd already done his golden elevator speech where he opened with Mexicans are rapists and murderers. And some of them are good people. I'm sure. He said, I'm sure. <laughs> Some of them, yeah. I'm sure. I don't know personally, but I'm, I'm sure. I'm sure. I mean, the law of averages you know, <laughs> states that somewhere there must be a good one. But let's face it. They're, they're not, not sending, sending us their best. best yeah. I not, love that. They're not sending us their not, best. There's like the, uh, a relocation program in Mexico. They're like, okay, who wants to go to America? Rapist? All right, you're in. That's right. Yeah. Murder? You're in. <laughs> yeah. Engineer? Nah, nah. You're sitting across from the immigration guy, and you're like, I don't have to tell you this, uh, Pedro. Um, you're not bad enough. <laughs> you, uh, you, you, uh, you don't suck. You haven't committed any crimes. I'm sorry. Come on, man. I'll kill someone right now. <laughs> sorry, it's too late. Sorry. Try next year, okay? Try to uh, work on your resume, and then we'll see, because we don't like to send our best. We like to keep them here. Uh, who was it? Nigel Farage? Do you know who that is? Yes. Uh, do you know? He was the Brexit guy. Yes. Honestly, his last name, like Farage, Drumpf, and, uh, and, and Rodham, all sound like J.R.R. Token-esque Pretty dragons. Much. They do. So I was thinking, like, th- these are just dragons in human form. Maybe. Drumpf and Farage. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. I like that. Yeah, definitely. Farage, interestingly, sounds foreign. And he's kind of all about, like, get the foreigners out. So I always thought that was kind of ironic. But uh, there's this brilliant comic that, uh, uh, from Britain, uh, Stuart Lee. I don't know if you're familiar with him. No. I think you particularly would really like him because okay. he's very cerebral uh, and very like you have to wait to see where it's going to go. And at first you're not sure and then he'll get you there. But he's very, very clever. And this is years before the whole Trump thing. Mm-hmm. He, um, the Farage Brexit sort of movement yep. was taking up um, steam. This is before actual Brexit. This is still... Um, Farage kind of he, w- he never held office right I think he I think he has okay I think he has yeah because I don't know what his position was I, yeah, I, I feel think that he was he, like a political yeah well like he was leading a, a vote 
but I don't know that he was elected. Pri- prior to that, I think he had. Can you? Would you mind looking? Let's that? call them Tories. Is it the Tory party? Mm, no. No, I feel like they were possibly even further out. Okay. The, I, I'm, um, I'm trying to remember. British anyway, parties have funny names. Yeah, like Labour. Like gets me. Are you time. voting for Labour? Uh, yeah, I guess I am. I think they're the leftists. Jeremy Corbyn. Corbyn. Uh, what was it? The other guy, the mayor, the weirdly funny mayor. Anyways, Boris Johnson. Boris Johnson. That's it. So Farage, he does this great bit about Stuart Lee. Does this great bit about Nigel Farage about how he made he would make these very Trump-like statements uh, years before, mm-hmm. uh, and he'd say things like. There was a, some sort of influx of Bulgarians to the UK at some point. Okay. And he said something to the kin of, this is beautifully composed. He said, and I paraphrase, um, Bulgaria should really keep its like talented and skilled people. They, they really shouldn't be coming here because Bulgaria needs them. And See, that's a nice way of saying it. It would be a shame <laughs> to rob such a fine nation of its skilled labor they should they their their home country needs them more than we do right don't so it's it was called like, xenophilia right <laughs> <laughs> whether you got that's beautiful did you find anything on uh, nigel yes british politician broadcaster and political analyst who was the leader of the uk independence party from oh the ukip that's it ukip ukip from 2006 to 2009 and again from 2010 to 2016 since 1999 he has been an mep for southeast england okay so definitely he's been a politician and uh but the interesting thing is yeah so he takes that comment from farage and he keeps repeating it but he keeps jumping back a couple of centuries in or or hundreds of 100 years at a time in english history Mm -hmm. so then he's like he starts with the with the indians like you know indians should really not come here and invent us like a cuisine international cuisine really they're more needed back in india and he keeps going at some point he's at like amoeba like he's talking about like these these like amphibious creatures shouldn't be coming to our shores (laughs) because they're really needed in the water (laughs) but uh it's almost because i was aware of Stuart lee i kind of got to see i have to believe that trump's people or at least trump himself has is a student of farage or has seen farage in action i think they are a student of so many things um i really do think that they they look to hollywood a lot um just the other day, I was I was thinking that if this administration were a a, a film plot, it would be Die Hard Three. Would, is that that's the one Jeremy with Irons? Irons. Jeremy Irons. It's the one where remind me. It turns out they're doing they're making John McClane run everywhere. It's like go here, then go here, then go here, then go here. But really, they're robbing Fort Knox. Right. right, right. So it's all these uh, goose chases. Yeah. Over it's like okay, transgenders aren't allowed to serve in the military in any capacity now, uh, and we're all running around, you know, chasing. Our right. outrage. North Korea. Yeah. Um, North Korea. Don Jr., Ivanka, all there's that just, stuff. Well, okay. But there's like the Scaramucci of last week, the man who held his job for 10 days. Dude, I, Those the one guy I wanted to see stay on. On days where there's a much bigger story. Uh-huh. Hmm. And it's just their controversies are sexy. We get distracted by how easy it is to laugh or to defend if you're on that side of the whatever. Um, but we're missing the fact that, uh, they, that they colluded with Russia. Um, just, just because this like, yeah, yeah, I see what you're saying. I actually, I think the word is to conspire. I think, I think that's the term. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah uh, 
what he does is uh, what Trump does as well is very um, f- um, familiar. Like now you brought up Die Hard. It, it makes reminds me of movies like Total Recall and a bunch of other. Oh, those, uh, like I, all the pair of Paul Verhoeven, Verhoeven films. movies where. Uh, people used body shields all the time. Like they would consistently just. He like, is every eighty action, eighties action film villain. Like, um, yeah. <laughs> think of uh, what is it, Land of the Dead, where Dennis um, Hopper, Dennis Hopper, is in his tower. Yeah. Yeah, 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 I forgot That's about that. That's fucking Trump. That is Trump. Uh, the guy in Total Recall. Biff. The guy in RoboCop. Biff. Yeah. Like he's not the guy in Karate Kid. That's the only person he isn't. He's, <laughs> right. He's every corporate villain was warning us of the eventual. Oh, Dead Zone. It's he's every, it's true, oh my god! But except uh, Martin Sheen was f- like way more eloquent, and he was a, and he was more convincingly Christian, right? And he was and he was kind of trying to hide the whole thing, right? Like he was kind of gonna go crazy on everyone once he had them. Yeah, but Trump just came in and like hey 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 like this is me from the get go. Yeah, I mean it's it is brilliant. If you're going to be Trump, you have to be Trump from the first second. Yeah, otherwise it wouldn't have worked. Because the things he says on microphone end your career when you say them off microphone. Right. That has been the tradition my entire life, is mm-hmm. that if you leaned over and said, I don't really know about these people, that that ends your career. But he just says first thing, like, okay, so I don't really know about these people. I mean, we're going to stop everybody coming in until we figure out what's going on. That was the Whatever second half means. of his plan. Right. Until we figure out what's going on. <laughs> Yeah, until somebody tells me what to do next or until I decide what I want to do next or... Yeah, it's all kind of like... It's all improv... Like, have you watched any of his interactions in uh, wrestling? Like no. his, like all of his cameos? <laughs> wrestling? No, I was aware that. that the President of the United States was once on professional wrestling. Yes. But I... Um, this is idiocracy now, by the way. But um, yeah. yeah, no, it, 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 it's really good watch now. And by good, I mean horrific. <laughs> but it's really an interesting watch now because I was I watched it Isn't when he was Linda on. Linda McMahon, uh, doesn't she hold a cabinet position? I, I think he tried to give her one, but she does, didn't take sure. it or something. I think it was, yeah, no, she was put up for a position. Yeah, they definitely, he definitely. He's still filling them. He's got like 700 positions left to nominate. Well, the McMahons, the McMahons are like a shoe-in. For yeah. the, the they, they come from the same. They've got the same blood running in their veins. Like what ent- is that blood? Their entertainment gold paint. S- <laughs> yeah, sharpie, sharpie juice, whatever it is that they put in sharpies. Um, you know that he used to sign his name with a gold yes. sharpie, right? Yes, absolutely. Um, you can't make that shit up. You got to watch his wrestling stuff because they're you're like, oh, this is gonna be cool, like prequel stuff. No, he looks exactly the same. Hmm. He has the exact same hair, and he acts exactly the same there is no character he's kind of on all the time it's just him yeah um and i'm not gonna make somebody with a chair yeah uh i'm I'm sorry to do this to you guys but i'm gonna make a a deep space nine analogy here Uh, i I will not get it all right excellent (laughs) i'm gonna warn you so there's a character on it who uh who's really nice all the time and he's super jovial and really friendly and then somewhere years down like six seasons later he has like a some sort of seizure and they bring him to the hospital or to the med bay and they find out that he has this chip in his tooth that's or in his brain that's there in case he gets tortured it's supposed to kick in and like uh, stimulate his pleasure centers and he's had it on the entire time because he can't stand that's awesome being around all these people because he's exiled from his, his oh. home world right and then he you get to see him for this period of this one episode kind of losing it like dark circles under his eyes are like fuck you like he hates everybody but i feel like trump 
is on something that like he's turned something on he looked he, he performed a spell or i'm even doing his hand <laughs> gestures now he he communed with some demon and the the spell is going like he never he's never off that's who he is there's no separation between him and this cartoon character that that he apparently is because he's always like this Mm. And the now watching a video with Stone Cold Steve Austin at the height of his popularity, doing all of his catchphrases and yelling in his face with the microphone. What were those catchphrases? Uh, things like, uh, you some bitch, like, uh, give me a catch- hell yeah. Okay. Uh, give me a hell. You some bitch. Oh, and what? <laughs> what? What? That. He started that in the... His catchphrase was, what? Yeah. You, you try to be talking back to him and you yeah. just you go, what? What? And then the crowd started doing it. Yeah. He's been gone for 10 years from re- professional wrestling. And occasionally when people I... People still say what? They still do it. <laughs> Other people are trying to cut a promo and the whole crowd is still going, what? Really? What? But after every word, right? <laughs> anyway, I digress. Uh, definitely worth seeing, uh, especially in light of that little controversy there where they put CNN, somebody put CNN over. See, that actually, that also that. happened on a very important day. Did it? Yeah, I think like the director of the FBI got fired or something that day. <laughs> you know, like, oh, yeah. Something we should have fucking paid attention to. Was that yeah, on Co- yeah. the, when he got rid of Comey? Was that like, the same? Uh, yeah, it was approximately the same time. Yeah, I'm not sure. Yeah, I'm not, not 100%. But yeah. like uh, last week, Reince Priebus, Sean Spicer, and Anthony Scaramucci. Actually, that couldn't be that Pri- uh, Spicer and Scaramucci lost their job in the same week, could it? I think it, it could be. 10 days? 10 days. Who's, who's, yeah. who's the press correspondent now? Is it, uh, what's her name, Huckabee Sanders? I think it's they put in some weird guy, some 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 bald dude. Oh, that, Steve Miller. Is that him? Yeah, the guy yeah. who sounds really he looks really dim, but he talks with like this no, he confidence. Looks so hate-filled. Does he? He <laughs> looks like he's gonna. He's running on pure hatred. <laughs> he's gonna ram his and car into an ice cream parlor. Twice parlor. as fast. Sorry. And yeah. It's aged him twice his hair as fast. Fell out. He's actually fifteen. <laughs> he's thirty. That kid is thirty. Yeah, he's thirty, and he looks like he's like pushing fifty. Fifty. Yeah. Where do you find these people? <laughs> the internet, Reddit. Reddit. You Reddit. Think he's got a subreddit <laughs> going somewhere. <laughs> yeah. Our our the Donald. Yeah. Mm. I need the best people yeah i don't know man it's 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 like you don't want to pay attention you run out of energy to pay attention to this stuff but it's just there every day and it seems like it's made the rest of the world a little crazy too Uh uh-huh well yeah why wouldn't it but like i'm talking even away from trump regular people made me crazy i felt like the bar for sanity had been lowered once once there was an actual crazy person in the highest office of one of the most powerful countries in the world mm-hmm. that like for me i could be crazier it's like who's to say that i'm crazy anymore who's maybe i'm anything? just acting presidential maybe <laughs> yeah i could just see people everywhere their cubicles going like put my feet up on the bus and i'm like eh, just being presidential <laughs> breaking down all those breaking all the rules at this point that's right um, there are no rules anymore yeah up is down no but i mean it it does have a crazy effect on you you're you'll be having a conversation you're arguing your point and then like the other person could just say i don't believe it yeah i don't think that's real and before you could be like well it is real and if you're saying that everyone here right is ridiculous yeah everyone's like yeah come on man that's not that's not real now you don't have that power anymore <laughs> now the person can nullify your researched or you know th- uh thorough point with like maybe it is maybe it isn't <laughs> 
What's your favorite one? Uh, let's agree to disagree. Agree to disagree. Agree yeah. to disagree. I'll be the judge of that. I'll be the judge of that. Is a good one. Um, yeah. It depends. Who knows? Sylvie hates that shit. <laughs> <laughs> he likes to torment his girlfriend with, whenever she just tells him something. He'll be, he'll be like, "Well, you know, uh, who's to say?" How about we'll see. Yeah. <laughs> we'll see. Exactly. Fair enough. That's Bill Burr's uh, <laughs> Bill Burr's uh, conversation ender. Apparently, uh, yeah. do you listen to comics? Do you like comics at all? I uh, love comics. Yeah. Yeah. Not uh, comics. Comics. But Comedians, no, I'm I mean. comedians. Yeah. Uh, listen to a lot of them, yeah. No, I grew up uh, back in the heyday of Comedy Central, back when it was uh, just videos of stand-ups. Uh, oh, that's right. At the beginning, it was just that. So I had a really good comedy education. and. Uh, Have you ever done some yourself? A little bit. Very little. Um, I still, like my all my friends here in town are all comedians. So they're the people I like to hang out with the most because they're funny. Hence mm-hmm. mm-hmm. uh, well, Wasim, I just met actually. Okay. Um, he has a friend named Jonathan Borello, who uh, uh, I met in South Korea. Uh, Wasim yes, and I both missed each other. Like okay. we we had friends in common in South Korea because of the stand up scene there. And uh, yeah, I don't know wherever I go, I like I run into comedians. Where are you from originally? Kansas City. Kansas City. Yeah. Interesting. I know nothing about Kansas City. That's fine. The Chiefs. Uh-huh. Is that the is that the team? Kansas City Royals. That Royals. Mm-hmm. Let's go with baseball. 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 You like baseball? Yeah. Yeah. The only sport that I know what's going on and care. Okay. Uh, I don't watch it on television because um, it's I can't care, but if I'm there, it's a it's a great time. I like beer, I like hot dogs, and I like when baseball is happening while I'm having those two things. Sure. <laughs> that sounds like it goes together. Yeah. Um would you say that you are I know how An to American, this. yes. <laughs> you don't need to sugarcoat it. No, no. I was, was going to say, do you feel that you hold typical views and attitudes and behaviors of someone that would issue out of Kansas City? Kansas City is a city. Yeah. So, yeah, I guess I would say city people tend to be on the left. Mm-hmm. Uh, they tend to hold more progressive views. Even in Kansas. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. And Kansas is a good place to say even in Kansas because... Um, it is a re- reliably red state, but there's two counties which are reliably blue, and they are uh, the one which the city is in and the one that is the suburb of the city which I grew up in. Um, I don't know that that shaped my views as much as my parents, uh, who are blue people, I oh, yeah? suppose. Yeah. Like full on. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Full on blue. Well, you'll, you'll, <laughs> you'll have to excuse our... Our maybe uh, our Canadian perspective because you know we're, we. Well, I've known Canadians for a long time. We have. Well, how would you? How would you characterize our out, outlook when it comes to America? Comparable. Our, comparable. <laughs> no, your center is left of our center, okay. but that's like just our fault, like our yeah. error that like Reagan dragged the center to the right. Uh, I think that most modern democracies have a center around where your center is. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, we're a little socialist. We're aware of it. Yeah, and I, I'm, I'm a socialist. I like socialism. I like equality. I like uh, working. I like workers' rights. I like rights movements, all those things. Mm-hmm. Okay, so um, what brought you here? Uh, a gal. Ah. Or do you mean to Montreal? Let's do both. Okay. Both. Okay. <laughs> it was, it's still a girl. Yeah. Um, no, I, I married a girl from British Columbia. And uh, the rent was too damn high. Okay. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> that old cherry. I, I have all the information. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's crazy out there. It is. It's like a I whole was, generation of people who can't afford 
Well, that's parents. that's just they were born there. I think that's just North America right now. I don't know mm. that anybody's buying a house. Right. That's not from not Chinese. Yeah. Um, no, 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 these are look this look this up. This is happening. <laughs> I didn't I didn't just pull a Trump. Like, no, no, like, it's very China, familiar. China. That's what everybody in in Vancouver says. Right. Well, they, they keep trying to come up with laws and stuff. I think to offset it, but it's not like it's hard to come up with laws. Yeah. They keep trying, <laughs> but their wallets keep getting too heavy. Yeah. <laughs> well, they keep like trying to tax foreign buyers and stuff like that, but right. apparently that's not having an effect. I think it might be too late at this point. Yeah, yeah. yeah too little, too late. Mm. So Montreal. Yeah. And did you stop anywhere along the way as you... Uh, well, technically, I went to a wedding in Minneapolis, but that was for a weekend. Okay. No, I meant, I guess... Live anywhere? Live anywhere before here. Uh, before Canada? So you went Kansas? Kansas to South Korea. South Korea. Met a gal. Did a year in Barcelona. Did a summer in Ankara, Turkey. Uh, moved back to South Korea. Moved to Vancouver. Moved to Montreal. As so one I, does. Yeah. I actually, <laughs> I left America during the Bush administration. Ooh. And I, I haven't been back. You missed the Obama years. I did. Um, I mean, I kept up with them. Of course. But. Um, you didn't live. So you went from, oh, next, so next time you set foot in your hometown. I mean, I've been home. I okay. just haven't lived there. Okay. Well, that's pretty crazy. Yep, it's it's uh, beer burp time, everybody. <laughs> yeah, right. I don't know if you guys we are should, picking this up. We should have we should have uh, we talk about it all the time about sure. mastering the beer burp on the mic, kind of sending it off to the side. Mm. We should have little like uh, you know like uh, lounge music that kicks in, <laughs> like the we'll be right back with our yeah. program <laughs> as we go on a tear of of burping uh, beer burping. So okay, um, I really think we should talk about your. You're comic, man. Yeah, let's do that. Because that's pretty cool. That's what I do. Yeah. How does this give us the genesis, man? How, did, how does this even start? Film student. At, um, in Kansas? Yeah. University of Kansas. And uh, the way I like to tell the story is self-flattering. All the other students, they were really crazy to get a camera in their hands and run out the door and start shooting. And I was the person who took pre-production seriously. So I would write like a script and I would storyboard it before we shot. And uh, while I was storyboarding, I thought, you know, if this, if this looked good, you know, maybe you could, like, use this to, to raise the money to make a film. That's a crazy idea. Yeah. So I started, like, then in 2001, a film came out called Waking Life, which oh, yeah. is a Richard Linkletter. It is an animated film, which is rotoscoped. Uh-huh. When I saw it, I, uh, I thought, this rotoscoping. Yeah, no, it, it, it blew my mind a little bit. It's, it's a film which thinks it's deeper than it is, but mm-hmm. as a 21-year-old, I was, I was sufficiently stoned, I'm sure, when I saw <laughs> it, and it blew my mind. So I, I experimented with rotoscoping, and I thought, this is the way to make the storyboards look better. Like, I, I, I made the storyboards with photographs. That's brilliant. And uh, that was 2005. Actually, also, um, Sin Darkman? City came out. No, mm-hmm. no, it was 300 in Sin City. Right. When those films came out, it was kind of like, so you don't even need a location. Right. Yeah. You know? uh, Sky Captain in the World Tomorrow. To a lesser extent, but yeah, that's a cool pull. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, that was, the, that was like the first time a movie yeah. was made almost completely in that, in that type of way. Yeah. So like you need actors and you need costumes yeah. and props. But beyond that, we're going to... Put I, it in post. Yeah. Actually, what's funny is Sky Captain owes a lot to the old Max Schlesinger Superman cartoons. Right. Max Schlesinger invented rotoscoping, and those Superman cartoons were rotoscoped. 
and, and Steve Bannon has He probably has stock. a little piece of that, right? <laughs> <laughs> it's another brilliant investment. <laughs> Fuck you, Steve Bannon. Okay, so, uh, okay, so Rotoscope. Okay, so you, first of all, you realize, and that's great, we would have we would have gotten along in film school, um, that it, the pitch will affect the not only the reception but the potential you know um, like capital that you're going to be able to raise or, yeah. or resources that you're going to be able to draw to your because the films I wanted to make were all world building films okay. you know like my favorite films are uh, like Brazil by Terry Gilliam mm-hmm. or City of Lost Children by Jean Pierre Genet and I at that time had no faith in being able to raise the kind of money that it would require. So I was like, so I mean, maybe Gilliam I, has trouble doing it, right? He does. And that's sad. He finally finished Don Quixote, by the way. Did he finish it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he wasn't hit by lightning or something. No, no. Uh, he finished it, which is great because it was, uh, it was kind of his white whale. It really was. It, it <laughs> fucking, I, I thought it was going to kill him. I yeah. Really did. But I mean, you, uh, yeah, no. So you, you were really into that, like, world building like you said like really creating your own universe yeah like tim burton was a a big influence on me as a child he hasn't made a good movie since 1995 in my opinion agreed but um and i you know star wars all the films where it's just immersive where like it doesn't explain the world to you it shows you a larger world Mm -hmm. i think we all love this to be perfectly honest pixar films do it all the time you know so uh, and this was actually before digital. So when, when I studied film, we worked in 16 millimeter. We had these Bell and Howell cameras, which were spring loaded. Mm-hmm. So, uh, Bolex, et cetera. Yeah. And, uh, it just, at that time there was a lot of, I don't know, maybe I was just young and didn't feel like I, I had what it took to make film. Also, here's the other thing. I'm a director. I'm a dictator. So when it comes to group projects, I really didn't want to collaborate so if you look at what i do now i do every single part i became my own film crew mm-hmm. so as to not make anybody else upset with me i became the writer the director the editor the costumer the actor the whole the whole thing i think a lot of people do that when they don't have the money for a crew yeah yeah or just have a certain workflow like your brother for instance hmm. has been known to work that way yeah. He's also very hyper-concentrated on what he wants. And unless he meets very specific kind of people that can work with him, he'll kind of be frustrated by the process, right? And yeah, he's a musician, and oftentimes it's it's a struggle to get a group of people who are as dedicated as he is, so he ends up kind of taking I've a lot of that work. I've worked under a person like that in music, hmm. and it's very frustrating to work with a person like that. Yeah. So, um, and to be that person, right? So well, it's, it's I, I actually love to work with people, but I would require that they recognize my authority mm. uh-huh. and, and just, so you'd love to have, you'd love having people work for you. I would be happy to direct a film. Right. hundred percent. Which you have not done. Uh, eh, like some student films. Like student no. films. Okay. But, uh, but that's something that you wouldn't mind doing as a, for a living. Yeah. Okay. I'm going to start screenwriting very soon. Um, I think that's probably the path I will use to get in. The country's going down the drain because of the special interests. We need someone in the White House who's so rich, doesn't have to listen to anybody. What's that? The senator was having a fundraiser. Now I'm in office, it's going to be like the 80s again. Yeah, so it ha- it's one of those movies that didn't need to be very smart, but mm-hmm. it ended up having one of possibly the most sustainable time travel ideas. Like it was almost, like it held up. Because you couldn't go into the future. You could only go into the past. Because the future is not written yet, which I thought was interesting as an idea. And so 
the time cops, they go back to find other people that have misused the technology to go back and enrich themselves. And the movie opens with him uh, going back to like 1929 at the cusp of the Great Depression. And he finds one of these time bandits who's positioned himself as a like tycoon. Mm-hmm. And you see the guy like sitting in his office with the like uh, black and white shoes and the you know slick back hair. Yeah. He's reading the paper. And then Jean-Claude like jumps through the time thing and he arrives and he's like, you're coming with me. And the guy's like, yeah, God damn it, you caught me. And then he, st- he has his bag to collect all the things that are not supposed to be yeah. in the timeline. And one of the things he picks up is a mini disc player, <laughs> <laughs> which was like, we can't have this in 1929. This won't do. And, uh, and then he just kind of, he grabs them and he pulls them back through time, back to their original timeline. Yeah. And that's kind of the, the premise of the story. And there's this whole idea too in it that you should, ne- if you encounter yourself in the past, if you, if you, if you touch each other. It's it, the poly exclusion principle. The poly exclusion? Yeah. It, I am cribbing this from how did this get made. But okay. Which is? That, you know, the same object cannot occupy, occupy the same, the space, same, the same time. space at the right. same time or some sort of. Right. But the they, special effects <clears throat> that they use is great. Yeah. Yeah. They just kind of all get torn apart like lava lamps, like goopy. It's watch Time Cop, man. Yeah, just I, watch I it. You have to go back and watch Time It's such Cop, a good guess, movie. Yeah. It's worth it for Van Damme's mullet alone. His grief mullet. <laughs> grief mullet? Because his wife has died, so, so he grows a mullet. <laughs> As one does. As one does. you just cutting the back of your hair is just too painful at that point. She used to do it for you. He's telling women to stay away. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. He's been hurt, and uh, he can't go back there. Okay, so before we we uh, we went on break here, we were talking about the uh, genesis of your uh, webcomic. Yeah. Did you want to add something? You drew breath. Yes, I do that from time <laughs> to time. <laughs> okay, so uh, film school. Yep. A little bit of filmmaking, experimenting mm-hmm. with that. And Very then, little. And then during the storyboarding process, you stumble upon the the comic idea. How does this happen? Uh, Photoshop, basically. I got like um, a laptop and I had Photoshop and I was just manipulating photographs and <clears throat> always kind of liked the way they looked. And yeah, no, I, I guess I made a couple of comics. Uh, after I finished university, I went right back to my community college and um, just for fun. And I was taking like a digital music class and I was reading the newspaper and the newspaper had these awful comics in it. And I wrote the newspaper and said, uh, if you need somebody to make comics, I'll do it. And the guy said, I'm the editor, and right now I have to make the comics, so please, okay, that's why please make the comics for me. And so I made a couple of comics, and then they brought me on staff. And because I was on staff, I had to like have a certain amount of hours. Um, and my digital music professor said, you should apply for this scholarship. So I did, and I got it. So now I'm going to school um, for music, but it's free, and I'm getting paid by the paper to make comics, and then the newspaper sent me to New York, and I just thought this was awesome, and then the Kansas City newspaper published some of my comics, and I was like, this is, it's all happening. It's all coming together. And that was 2005. (laughs) 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 Then there was a big, long drought before the next good thing happened. Okay. Um, And because just... 
you stopped doing it or? No, just because that's how it works. Okay. Um, like 2012, I got my next email where somebody was like, here's money. Okay. <laughs> and what, what kind of things did you produce like when you first started doing uh, the newspaper comics? Three panels. Like, I tried to work in three panels because I thought that there was like a similarity between a three-act screenplay and a three-panel joke. So that like my, my thought process was the first panel is the setup, you know, the premise. The second one was it complicated the premise and the third one paid it off. Mm-hmm. And so I, I worked within these three panels um, pretty deliberately. And like I said, uh, the newspaper printed me and I, I won like some sort of a minor award. So I kind of was being encouraged to continue uh, externally. And then uh, 2007, I moved abroad. Things slowed down. I had some good success on the website DeviantArt. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, way back in the day. And that was encouraging. And then when I moved abroad, uh, my production slowed down a little bit because life happened. Sure. And then 2012, I got an email from a company called Comic Panda at the time. That's what they were known as. And now Board Panda? No, now they are called Topastic. Mm-hmm. Actually, they changed the name to Tapas.io, but I refused to call them that. Okay. Um, <laughs> so they'd seen your stuff and they're like, hey, are you still working? What are you doing? Yeah. They said, we are starting a website. We would like some content for like opening day. And I said, all right. I, I thought about it. I was like, I have nothing to lose. So I gave them like 12 comics and then the website opened and they said, we'd like more comics. And I said, I can't agree to that for nothing. And then they gave me like $1,200 and that was like my first paycheck for comics. And I was pretty over the moon so i worked for them for like three years kind of worked for and i didn't get paid ever again but uh it was uh that website has continued to be pretty important in my story because i think the job i have now came from one employee from that company moved to the company i now work for so when that company opened up i got another email so basically every time a comics company opens up somewhere in the world i get an email that's pretty nice i'm the only guy who does what i do Uh uh-huh it's true. That's very. It's very niche. I mean, there are. There's a small community. I think, right? Of of web comic, short form comic, gag strips. Yeah, is that what they're called? Um, <clears throat> that's what I call them. Um, there is a community, and uh, so I have a podcast, and I specialize in the gag strip people. There's, I mean, there's a million people making comics on the the internet right now, but with web, sorry, with um, gag strips, there's less. I mean. It's probably the most overrepresented genre in the West, but globally, it's not like the number one thing. Like it's not mainstream. No, I mean, out in Asia, um, stories are really the thing that lights everybody up, like good long stories with plots and characters and all sorts of things. Like, like manga that. and stuff like that? Or? Like manga. Mm-hmm. Well, the short form uh, gives you, uh, I mean, it's very well suited for social media as well, right? Exactly, like, yeah. So you have like, uh, I was on your Instagram, like it works super well on Instagram. Thank you. I agree. Uh, I've only had, my Instagram's only really been like turned on for about a week now. Oh, really? Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, last Thursday a thing happened. It was pretty great. But um, when it, like, yeah, um, Instagram's a great place to read comics hmm. because they have this slide feature in my opinion. They never actually have done that. I, I'm, I'm going to do this now. I'm, gonna, I'm always looking for content on Instagram because yep. I'm still not sure I understand the medium, but... Uh, so far, I'm, the people I'm following have like great dialogue or text yeah. below their picture, and there's like cool story, bro, kind of 
Yeah, that's like a Tumblr thing. Is it? Yeah, like a <clears throat> a setup, and then the punchline's an image, or vice versa. Right. That's a real Tumblr sort of setup. Mm-hmm. So comics on Instagram. Okay, I'm going to check that out. So the podcast, where does that come in? Two years ago, um, I went to my first convention, and afterwards I was really bummed out. And I told a friend of mine whose name is Min Christensen. She's a wonderful Danish cartoonist or mm-hmm. slash illustrator. And I said I was really bummed out, and she said, why not start a podcast? And I thought for a really long time, well, what would I do if I had a podcast before realizing there's one thing that I know maybe better. I'm, I'm actually pretty connected because I've been doing this for like 10 years. Like I, I wrote a list of people who I thought would say yes if I asked them, and then I started to ask them. And so I started a web comics podcast. Okay, that's cool. Um, so... Yeah, I guess I'm still not sure how, like, what made you settle on the, the formula? Like, what did that just sort of lead there, or how did you come up with the formula? What's the formula? Like, in terms of the way that you, you write your webcomic, like, what's the approach? It's just you get an idea? These days, I mean, I have, like, a hundred ideas written down, and it's because Okay, so I've, you write them down first. Just the idea could be, like, tall boy. I, you know, like, the idea is not so refined. Mm-hmm. It's just a starting place or an ending place. And it's a thing that I think is probably like a beautiful thing. Like I like objects a lot. Um, so I write down these germs, these seeds of an idea. And um, because I have a, a deadline, I have to go, go to the list and then kind of put something down. These days I, I really try to work uh, six panels but thanks to Instagram, I'm thinking of moving that up to nine panels again. Okay. <laughs> Instagram, cool. you can do up to nine panels. How did you discover his work? I think I saw you for the first time on Imager. Imager. Yeah, last last Monday, I had a really big day. You got picked was, up by like Board Panda or one of these guys? That was last Tuesday, yeah. That yeah. was the number one thing on Imager on August 31st. And Is that right? No, That's sorry. huge. Yeah, July 31st. What month is this? Yeah. July August, 31st. The last 31st. day of July yeah. is Monday. And it was the number one post on Imager that day. And then the next day, Board Panda did a thing. And then it's it's actually still happening. Like, it's just <clears throat> ricocheting around the interwebs. Right. It's nice because uh, I've labored under the idea that, like, my comics were unrelatable for the longest time. And so the idea that, like, I think <laughs> we, we just... We have that feeling about this podcast. Right. Go on. <laughs> it's, it's a thing. Uh, I think we just passed the tipping point. One of the things people needed to see was to not see one comic. They needed to see 14 all at once to get it. Which mm. is how they're popping up online, right? It has like to be like that. 15 hilarious. Yeah, uh, Board Panda, I think, did 10 plus, which was actually 40. Then <laughs> <laughs> their article's called like 10 plus, surprisingly funny. <laughs> surprisingly <laughs> like, funny. unexpectedly good. <laughs> yeah. And, um, yeah, so seeing them in bulk makes it easier to get the running gag. If you ever only saw one, uh, I think you would be confused. It's true. It's true. Mm-hmm. Yeah. In itself, you might... Because there, there's a bit of a story to it. There's a learning curve, I would say. Well, there's like this idea. That it's, it's always you, right? Yeah. With yourself. Well... Or many selves. I don't think of them as me at all. Okay. Um, there are guys, and they do look exactly like me, but okay. none of them are me. Okay. So they, they're they're what they're a representation of like the when i write a joke it's just like a guy walks into a bar you know okay. it's it's a nondescript it's a placeholder 
they have been of indeterminate gender on occasion. Um, I think I've played with age a little bit, but like, there's no specific, there's no agenda here. Which may, which is kind <laughs> of it's brilliant because the the stories in these web comics kind of the relatability of the situation or the message that is one that it's that what you pick up on it is a story it's like a human thing it's a human sure. idea right um trying to think of one uh the oh yeah the the social media one where um uh was it somebody like he the guy like comments oh no the guy like posts something and then he puts on like this hazmat suit that was a i love that there's actually a very long story about that but it's a true story okay um in january i did a solid month of trump comics Okay. Um, because this was to recognize the inauguration on January 20th. And during that time, my audience had to come to terms with what I was doing. Um, I'm just making comics, but like, at first they're like, ha ha ha. And then they're like, okay, we get it. And because there's a lag between when I publish something and when they see it, by the time they're upset with me, it's too late. Right. We're, we're in it. Yeah. And um, Islamophobes showed up to my page. And um, they tried to claim you or? No, no, no. Uh, they tried to defend Trump. And okay. my, and, and I, my belief was that this person is like maybe in Belgium or something. But um, after, after this whole period of Trump comics, um, I made the final comic was about having done political comics and dealing with the comment section. And what I was so happy with is that that comic about being done with it, about the comment section, that really connected with people. And like, that's what that was, the hazmat yeah, one? Yeah. This okay. was, there's a, <laughs> yeah. Um, it was just really rewarding because that was like a very true thing that I had felt and that I had said and that people liked. And that, that doesn't happen to me every day. Mm-hmm. So. That's a pretty common sentiment too. Like anybody who's putting out any content basically doesn't read the comments, right? I do. Yeah. And I respond to them. All this of it? This has been a principle of mine since 2005. Really? To read comments and respond to them. And if you go to Reddit or if you go to even... I nuked my DeviantArt account for the most part. But if you go to Webtoon, I interact with my fans. I treat them as, you know, students, hmm. you know? And so if you ask a question, if you have a comment, I won't let it go. I don't ignore you unless it's a really meaningless comment like if you say like ha, 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 lol <laughs> i have nothing to say i'm like thanks right. yeah but if you say like i disagree with this then i will say well okay i know why i said what i said and now i'd like to know why you said what you said mm. and that's what happened with this one individual whose username is surface of the sun and they never divulged where they live their age their educational background um anything which i find to be relevant if you're going to have an opinion if you're afraid of terrorism and you live in Alaska, that is different than if you live in Jerusalem. Mm. So to me, it was very uh, appropriate to ask this person, like, well, where are you from? Tell me, you know, like, you don't have to tell me your name. I'm not What's really... your experience? Yeah. Um, what was I'm going to meet you halfway. What was this person's, like, major gripe? They love Trump because they hate Islamic terrorism. Okay. They see him as a defender. Of Trump. Oh, they seem as like a champion of of, of pushing back the Islamic yes. plague, quote unquote. Yeah. Okay. And uh, I made a great comic too that was also pretty popular about 
you're more likely to be struck by lightning than you are to be killed by terrorism. Mm -hmm. So it's like, I mean, if you want to get into the numbers, uh, I said terrorism is real. It's very scary, but it's very rare. So like you're justified in your fear, but you should understand that what you are is afraid. Yeah. Nothing more. If you want to, if you just say to me like, Hey, I'm just scared of terrorism. Say, well, it's that's terrific. A that's, that's a legitimate it's, like fear. Yeah. Right? It's right there in the word. And if you say you live in Belgium, which is where I think this person, I do think that they were like a German, possibly French. They, English was not their first language. Um, they once used the expression, a Thanksgiving chicken. Uh, that's dead giveaway. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, um, yeah, so just, just a troll. And, what, and you, you responded by trying to make them see your point of view or? I asked them to send me a private email. Okay. And they refused. Like, let's talk. And yep. they didn't mm -hmm. want. Well, because I said, I can't tell if you are being sincere. Um, if you are sincere, I feel like you would discuss this in private and they refused. So it's, so I said, well, I still can't tell if you're being sincere or not. Therefore. Yeah. So perhaps you're moving on. Yeah. Maybe you're being insincere. Maybe you're doing this, uh, just for attention. Maybe you want to score points because they were rude frequently. It's like, um, if you're only interested in doing this when there's an audience, mm. then I think that's what you're after is you're trying to score points. V virtue signaling or whatever it is. Yeah. Mm. Um, I think a person who is sincere will hold the same beliefs in private. So I invited them to a private conversation, which they repeatedly refused That's to have. That's very telling. Mm. Yeah, to mm. me. And what was the, the refusal? Was silence or were there's like, I don't have time? Oh, no. They just said, no, I'm not going to do that. No reason? No, no. Okay. You're not worth it. It's like your next door neighbor. <laughs> no, I think that they were, they were doing exactly what they wanted to do. Sure. And mm -hmm. I proposed to do something which had no value because right. what they wanted was to score points in public. Right. They wanted to uh, attack something, something big, big. And yeah, I think I remember doing that one time, my first experience trolling back in the message board days. Yeah. I never really like it didn't have any interest in trolling, but I did. I used to occasionally get really upset about stupid things and I would write a direct message to the person who I thought was responsible. Uh, and one of those times was uh, Limb Biscuit. You wrote a direct message to, to Limp Fred, Biscuit to Fred Durst and said, "Please stop." I told him, "I told him <laughs> everything. Just this stop album it. is a piece of shit, and <laughs> what you're doing is pathetic. And I can't believe that you're trying to get away with this." Uh, it was this album they put out after, like, after their glory years. Yeah, which was like an attempt at guessing being Rage like Against the Machine. Chocolate water. No, 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 not the hot dog water one. No, this was. Uh, the undeniable truth or something. They released this fucking album. Was uh, with like Martin Van Winkle present? Possibly. <laughs> but the album cover is like, uh, it's got that like Soviet propaganda sort of kitsch thing going. Yeah, super in. Um, and the entire album literally is like a Rage, Rage Against the Machine, but with Fred Durst yelling over it. And I was so upset because I was so into Rage. I was like, fuck you, dude. This is bullshit. You think you wouldn't notice. Did he write back? Yes. Yeah, right? Because you took the time to write in private, that means you actually feel that way. Right. Mm. So he wrote back to say, hey, man. Yeah, he gave me one of those like, whatever. Well, you know, yeah, uh, everyone's like, entitled to their opinion. It's just like your opinion, man. We just, uh, <laughs> we know we try to do the best whenever you go out there, and uh, thanks for listening. He's and right. That's, that's kind of the best response. Right. Because I lived that years later with the project that I made where there were some controversial aspects to it, and whenever somebody would 
make a similar comment like this is bullshit your project's bullshit i'd be like thanks for watching yeah i always thank people i might like i have this catchphrase thanks for reading yeah mm. still got your view <laughs> still got your click bro so thanks um but if someone had a legitimate gripe i i'd be much i do i think i do what you would do i'd be like hey let's uh, let's talk about this yeah um right after the election i also felt uh, it was possible to um to convince people <laughs> Right. (laughs) Couldn't get through that one. Uh, I have since changed my mind. I've crawled back into the bubble, but um, I'm of the opinion that you should be able to converse with people that you disagree with. Absolutely. Um, And that hasn't gone so well. It just hasn't. I've lost friends and I've lost family over this goddamn president. Son of a bitch. (laughs) Yeah, you're American. We we forget that that makes a difference. Well, I mean, if you guys aren't paying attention, it's caught on in Canada. There's a whole pro-Trump movement like a get him out. Trudeau's a failure because he's letting Haitians and sort yeah. of thing going on right now. Yeah, right. there is. I don't think it's as common that we lose friends and family, though. Cool. Not yet, anyways. Sure. Probably, probably coming. You have more parties. That'll help. Yeah, yeah, exactly. A little bit. A little bit. But, it allows uh, you to be like, don't blame me. I voted for green. Right. Yeah. The rhinoceros <laughs> party, which is a party. Um, the Republicans in name only? Rhinos? <laughs> I don't know what they're called. There's a par- party of uh, for the annexation of Canada in the U.S. United States. It's apparently. a good policy, actually. Is it? Uh, if you were... Well, if Trump were a genius, mm. he would form North America, the country, which in, is Mexico and Canada. Mm-hmm. And... Because um, that's a border you could defend. The one between Mexico and South America. Right. A lot of real estate down there. Like, Mexico is an awesome land deal. Uh Think of all the Americans would move down and you know, set up like just resort after resort. It would just be beautiful, ruin that country. But then <laughs> a lot of people would move north for work, and a lot of and Canadians can move anywhere they fucking want to. Mm. And we'd all have your because both of those countries have socialized healthcare, mm. right? It would be, and we would have as many people as say like the European European Union's like seven hundred forty two million people. I think you guys are thirty three. Yeah. I'm gonna say Mexico's <laughs> probably a hundred. Just gonna guess that throw a number 150 out there. i don't it know sounds true but like okay so yeah we would just be a better economic we'd also have the, the economy of the united states like yeah the idea that immigrants are bad for an economy is false false yes i i do agree with that um i don't want to go too far into the i don't like forced diversity either and forced right. multiculturalism i find well, there's you're the problems. canadian yeah, you guys, of. you kind of—that's kind of your deal. Yeah. <laughs> in America, we force integration by not having a social safety net. Okay. How, okay. Explain in, that. In France, they have a very generous welfare state, yeah. wherein um, if you, like the Muslim communities there, tend to be very ghettoized because you don't have to work. In America, uh, you do have to work, and that's where people meet people of different backgrounds is at work. So when you don't have that safety net, people integrate. Um, yeah. I never looked at it that way. It's an interesting point of view. Well, there's some economics behind it. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so before we get sidetracked here. Yeah. Um, Bernie, 2020. Bernie 2020. Bernie <laughs> <laughs> You think Bernie would have done a good job? Would, would, would have done a good job? Yeah. No, I think that we would have seen the exact same Republican agendas under the Barack years. So, like, there would have just been stonewalling. Because that's all they know how to do right now. Yeah. They don't know how to govern. They just block we're, each we're other. We're seeing them not know how to govern right now. Yeah. Maybe they'll... They probably want to repeal the estate tax. That's Very the only thing they've got left because they can't touch health care. Um, 
Yeah. Anyways, what were you going to say? <laughs> no, I was going to talk, uh, come back a little bit to your interactions with your, with your audience. Yeah. Um, that must take up a significant amount of time, seeing as you're, you have a pretty big following. I, I wouldn't I say I have a pretty big following. Um, uh, over the last week, I have been consumed with all sorts of messages. Um, I got like hundreds of friend requests on Facebook, like not like messages, but just people asking to be my friend. It's and weird, right? It is confusing. I'm not sure why they did that. But I also got people following me on Facebook. Not like my comics, but me. Mm-hmm. I, think I, I, I think I understand what that is. I think, especially for millennials and stuff like that, I think they, they're adding you to their world. Yeah. yeah and I'm cool with yeah. that. There's that a, that's kind of a flattering thing. <laughs> I'm actually now, I realized, I, I was like, I can't make shitty comics anymore. <laughs> People are actually watching now. No, no, no. Don't, don't fall into that trap. I'm going to start releasing some shitty comics on purpose. Okay. Just, I want to tell people, like, lower your expectations. <laughs> this is what it's going to be it's like. It's just going to, don't try to control. It's going to backfire. It's, I am hit or miss. Mm-hmm. I used to tell my friend Jose, uh, I make two kinds of comics. I make comics and good comics. And that's the truth. Is like, mm-hmm. for me, one out of ten is like a hit. Uh, and I think that's fair. Uh, I compete sure. with my friends. They seem to be these superstars who like knock it out of the park every time. And I'm not that. I don't feel bad about that. But only recently have people been paying attention. So now there's <laughs> this weird sort of obligation to try to be good. And But I mean, that's not... Yeah, I mean, I understand the impulse. But you understand also that... I'm not going to change what I do. What they, what yeah, they, what people connected to it was your way of working and that's why i'm happy because they came to me mm-hmm. uh i thought for the longest time to get an audience i'd have to move to them pay and for what, it or well, no mm-hmm. uh what i meant is make content oh, okay. pander pander, pander. To, to to try to figure out what do people like to see and make it mm. and i've never done that i think of what i would like to say which is sometimes important sometimes stupid uh and that's, you know, that's how jokes work, I yeah. think. You know, you make stupid... They're all observations, right? Sometimes it's like... Gosh. I'm, I'm scrambling to think of one of my own jokes. I'll, I'll, do, I'll do one of mine then. Yeah, okay. Um, I do a joke about a, a time capsule they found in Poland um, last year, I think. And it was a Nazi time capsule. And there was all this academia and talking about like what were the contents and there were supposed to be a film reel in there and there were two copies of Mein Kampf and the whole time this big debate is going on I'm like were the Nazis worried we would forget them and is that why they put like why would they need time capsules right and that's kind of just issued from a joke uh, sorry from a, a news story because while everyone was talking about the contents and the historical value all I could think about was why would you in, why would you put a time capsule in Poland if you're a Nazi? How how could you possibly think that they would forget what you did there and mm. what you were about and all this other stuff? And then I go off on it. But it's an observation. Well, you know what the Germans called Poland at that time, right? Germany? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know the punchline. I just, I just, that's what they called it. That's but what I'm saying is the idea of Nazis and then uh, bearing time capsules to me is hilarious. It is kind of funny. In, in a horrific way. <laughs> it's a um, dark. Yeah, and the fact that there were two copies on Mein Kampf, you know, just to make sure. Yeah. That well, one's for lending to a friend. Exactly. <laughs> oh, no, no. Sorry, my brother. <laughs> Get you. Oh. That's a really good German impression. Is it? <laughs> Thank you. I, I've studied it. I worked on it for a long time. 
Um, you, uh, you draw some pretty interesting uh, comparisons between web comics and stand-up comedy, if I'm not mistaken, right? Yeah. I, I heard you talking about that a bit. I think of us as sit-down comics. <laughs> yeah. Um, we, we all try to write jokes. Uh, I like what comedians do uh, because they go up on stage and tell them and there's an immediate reaction. And then they use that to inform their next time. We don't have that luxury as comic artists. Um, we're we're kind of supposed to get it right our first time. And I think that that's terribly unfair. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'd like to kind of bring a little bit more stand-up comedy into the uh, the comics world, if at all possible. But to be fair, I mean, when you, when you create a comic yeah. and if it's a hit... Um, like you were saying earlier, it does kind of inform the next ones, right? There's but, a there's a thread. But it's like if you were then to say, okay, so my pizza joke worked, should I do more pizza jokes? That's pandering. Right, right. But I mean, the next time you do a food joke, or the next every time, time, like food is super popular. Yeah, I, I don't even get it. Is it really? Of course, it's that relatable. makes sense. Cats, food. Yeah. Cat food. Yeah, these things are just very. People mon- like it. Like they're you, everywhere. It's it's kind of something that. Everybody needs. I could write a list of jokes right now that's like hot dog, hamburger, burrito, taco. These are all good joke ideas. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> like if someone were like, "I gotta get his material. I'm gonna, I want, we're gonna, we're gonna take what he. I don't know what he's doing, but we want it." And they like break into your house and they they grab your book and you run. We got it. That's it. We're gonna be millionaires. And they open it. They're like hamburger. Taco. It's the stupidest Burrito. list in the world. What the fuck is this? I told you, bring me his notes. Those are his notes, bro. Those are, it says top jokes for this year. And it's just words. I don't understand what's in there. That's great. Okay. So uh, do you ever feel the need to uh, follow, I guess, news stories or, or I trends? I don't feel the need to. I, I listen to podcasts the entire time I work. So like I said, I listen to NPR politics. Mm-hmm. I listen to Planet Money. Um, I don't know Planet Money. I guess it's an economics a, thing. Yeah, it is mm-hmm. an economics podcast. It, I guess economics is a very fascinating way to look at the world, um, and in some subconscious way, it always soaks in. The Trump jokes were so easy to write. Yeah, um, too easy. Some would say. Yeah. Well, he embodies like a lot of Looney Tunes characters. Like he's as he's like a serial rapist, like Pepe Le Pew, and he's. Mm-hmm very vain like Daffy Duck and he flies off the handle like uh, Yosemite, Yosemite Sam. Sam yep. He's just a lot of things. Uh, he's That's the nth true. degree of whatever quality he is. So they were easy to write. They were fun. I got to be angry for a little bit. But what bummed me out is that my audience was kind of like, all right, all right, we think you're being unkind. Like you're being unkind to the most powerful person in the world. It's like, well, you know what? If if he's upset about this, let's have him down. Let's come on down. <laughs> yeah, let's talk about it. Yeah. Like somehow you're punching down to yeah. the president? People acted, well, they felt like he's a symbol of their beliefs mm-hmm. or people they know. Like you're beating up my uncle or my brother or mm. somebody. Like I'm not religious, but my grandma is and what you're doing is disrespectful. That's what it felt like. What do you think of the notion, because this was floated as kind of an idea by some journalists during the, as the com- comedy kind of put it, it both of its hooks into the Trump train and kind of like really like the late night people, all the... Like, they never got ahead of him though. Never. No, they can't. It's impossible. But there was this idea by uh, a lot of foreign journalists actually, who tend to be a lot less impressed by that kind of stuff, um, who said that 
making fun of him is kind of harmful to combating him because it enters him into the realm. It makes him this kind of comedic character and this comedic storyline. And in the meantime, people are congratulating themselves for all yeah. the clever jokes about him, but we're not actually opposing him in any, any... I see the point. I would have to think more about that. I think that there are things that have to be said, mm-hmm. and if comedy is your avenue, then that's how you have to say it. Uh, but what you said, I can see how you're reducing him, and you're also making him more palatable. It's almost is more excusable. You're almost pulling him into the realm of acceptability. Yeah. Yeah. Like think of Will Ferrell's Bush. Right. You know. Yeah. He made him lovable. Kinda. He made a. He made Bush. When kind we of remember lovable. Bush, we remember Will Ferrell. Yeah. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, but uh, there is definitely line. I mean, I see both sides of this because, especially Americans, are very, in my view, American culture. Like comedy is, it, it's chief therapeutic device. And, and it enter, uh, anything that's really tough to chew on enters comedy very quickly because that's kind of a workshop where like like uh, Americans seem to sort of try to work out. I think humans do that anyway. Yeah. But well, American not- culture, comic books and, and comedy, I feel, are really, and movies, of course, are really like this place where you can like, they can take it apart and study it and feel, feel realize. It's a, it's a safe place to talk about uncomfortable topics for sure. Mm-hmm. But I do see a harm, not a harm, I do see that point of view of that we could lull ourselves into a false sense of having defeated him by mocking him and ridiculing him at every turn be like, ha ha there, take that asshole. (laughs) We're done here. And then like, well, we haven't actually done anything. He's still president and possibly firing nukes very soon at, you're just continuing to underestimate his pull. (laughs) Yeah. You're not actually just going, hang on, let's stop fucking laughing and march on, you know, march on the White House and demand that he step down or whatever it is that would be a credible action. I'm not even sure that that would be the, the right way to combat him. But no, I guess maybe, I don't know. Nobody knows what to do right now. That's the sad thing. Give him is all rope. of the people that you thought had power revealed to have none. Or that they're cowards. Well, that those are the people who should stop him is the Republican Party. Yeah, that's uh, the best comment I've heard. The vote to impeach should be 51 to 0 all Republicans, every Democrat abstains so yeah. that it's 100% clear that the people who brought us this mess are finishing oh, it. Like we're turning off the tap, like yep. cut, and the, cut the lights. And then frankly, every single one of them should resign in secession so that we don't have a President Pence or a President Ryan. Mm-hmm. Uh, they should all apologize and say, we've made a terrible mistake. We showed terrible judgment. Um, we're going we're, back to the drawing board. Yeah, we claim to be the party of moral values. Um, we screwed up and we want to remain relevant in American life. So we're just going to, we're going to hand the ball off until, you know, like we're better. Yeah. That's the crazy part of this whole thing is Republicans, all cynicism aside, are the morality party. Yeah. And for them to, they brought us a, a man who's been married three times. He married his, or he started dating his current wife while he was still married. Yeah. Um, he's, a man with shady business practices who never released his taxes. So we don't know to what extent, you know, he is compromised by weird interests all around the world. He's a New York businessman. He bragged about sexual uh, assault. Mm -hmm. I mean, Hmm. and the list goes on and on and on. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, That's, there's nothing Republican about him. Zero. No, nothing. Barely anything democratic. Um, he may have a couple of liberal points of view and that like, I don't think he particularly cares what gay people do. Right. I don't think he has conviction. 
about so, anything really. Yeah. So I think honestly, if the Democrats manage to take the House and the the Senate in 2018, they could just start cleaning up because he would sign everything because all he wants to be is liked. That's true. So like he could become <laughs> the greatest American president, assuming that like the right people are writing the legislation which he is signing because he can do anything he wants to. He has proven that. Unlike mm-hmm. any American president, he's beholden to no interests uh, because he has no convictions. He's a blank yeah. slate. It's almost mm-hmm. like if there hadn't been such a backlash against the Democrats and Hillary specifically, if she hadn't been so fucking unlikable, yeah. he could have almost been like ran as a Democrat or independent. Sure. And, and espoused like a bunch of, I'd be like, we want this. Cool. You got it. But the Republicans are the only ones that actually got behind him. And well, if you want to win the American presidency, it requires less votes to win as a Republican first. Is that, Secondly, is that a fact? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I did not know that. It requires three million less. Um, That's crazy. But to defend Hillary briefly, mm-hmm. she was not a good politician. But how many elections had she ever won prior to this? Do you know? In terms of like for... In her, she- as her entire career as a politician. Zero. Zero. Uh, Neither of them had ever really sought office. She was the first lady. Uh, she, oh, I'm sorry. It's not zero. She was a senator from New York. Oh, That was her okay. only uh, election, and that was pretty much handed to her being right. the ex-first lady. It was also New York. And then she you know. was a shit show as a secretary of state, right? She was the secretary of state, which is an appointed position. Mm-hmm. So she didn't actually have a lot of experience as a politician. Uh, Bill's a politician. That guy knows how to stand on stage and be likable, and yes. he's dead. I don't know where the hell that guy is. <laughs> but It's a puppet. Hillary's not a politician. She's a wonk. She's an administrator. She would have been a good president. You think so? She would have perpetuated the status quo. Yeah, that, that, that 100%. <laughs> Which believe. seems enviable right now. Trump actually, yeah. you know, he and Bernie have the same position on, uh, on the TPP, which makes me wonder what my position is. The TPP? The Trans-Pacific Partnership. Oh, okay. Um, he has been in favor of universal health care in the past. He's been in favor of gay rights, you know, like all sorts of things. He's held a lot of positions at one point in time that one could agree with. He's, he's championed infrastructure, which if we're done, I mean, Barack Obama did as soon as he came into office, but the Republicans were against it. Um, I think you're giving him too much credit. I think Trump, Trump yeah, I think Trump probably. just likes to suck the air out of a room yeah. at all costs. He has learned. He'll listen to people a little bit and be like, hmm. To control the conversation. I ate some of my poop today. And then, like, that's an extreme example. But he will just say some crazy shit. Because it'll stop everything. And it's a brilliant move, right? It's a brilliant, like, hypnosis move. Where everybody stops talking the real political talk and the real business. They're like, what did he just say? He said, fire and fury. We will respond with fire and fury. Mm. What does that mean? I don't know. And then, and everybody, he just, he, he, he cancels out all reason and all activity and everyone's just focused on him it's like a superpower that he has he seems to like to destabilize the conversation that's yeah for sure. that's a, that's a I, I feel strategy. like he's a he's a poker player i think that's his personality and he's the kind of guy who goes all in on on you know the deal the first the first yeah, hand yeah <laughs> be, yeah before the flop he's like all in yeah <laughs> and they're what? like what what has he got we like, haven't started playing yet exactly all in. yeah first hand and everybody's like i'm out and he's like eh. his thing is he likes information as currency and he's really good at controlling the conversation Mm -hmm. that's his chief talent he's also completely immune to although he takes it very hard it seems like he takes criticism very very hard 
he's kind of completely immune to anything you may respond to like even if you like fully defeat his argument or whatever he's saying he'll just be like oh, okay whatever sure i heard it whatever i'm out of here peace like he mm. he's com- seems completely unaffected by the uh, he doesn't seem to be in it in any way to converse yeah that's never been a thing well but when has there really been a conversation like the the one-on-ones with reporters because the debates were are not a, a debate I yeah, wish they would stop calling it's them grandstanding. It's an interview. It's like a sequential interview. Like, yeah. And now yeah. the same question to you. They never challenge each other. They're never required to present facts. Right. Mm. Um, I don't know where I was going with that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I just, I just think that's interesting. Um, we heard the um, Sam Harris. You know, do you listen to Waking Up with Sam Harris no. podcast? Sorry. Great, great podcast. Mm. Uh, the... Dilbert guy, the guy who does Dilbert. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Scott Adams. Scott, Scott Adams, Adams. That's it. Yeah. Very yeah. interesting interview. Yeah. Because sure. uh, he's a, a nut now. Is he? he yeah. Is, but like a really. When you used the word hypnotist earlier, I was wondering if you had been following Scott Adams. He, he's, yeah. he's, he's into that. Yeah. yeah. But yeah. his way of doing it. Anyway, sorry. Didn't want to interrupt you. Well, yeah. He's an, he's an expert in that, that kind of hypnosis and expert persuasion. Is a strong uh, word. Well, that's what he. An that's expert what he in hypnosis? Yeah. I'm an expert in unicorns. <laughs> well, an expert in hypnosis pretty much means you you're about you just haven't broken any laws yet but you're about right you might right, right. be breaking it's some like, rules. maybe i raped a woman <laughs> just saying i'm a hypnotist Sheesh, so sam harris. <laughs> yeah sam harris was accused of, of having like an echo chamber on his podcast because he is offended to his core by by trump's existence right like you couldn't have a more opposite person to sam harris than than trump and harris is often accused of being kind of robotic and not okay. showing any humanity or emotion so to hear him be angry at trump you'd be like wow he got trump got something <laughs> out of this super logical neuroscience guy and he's ranting well, right yeah no if you are a logic-based individual listening to trump crazy. speak yeah. <laughs> will frustrate yeah you. you've met your nemesis instead of playing him ever speak it's better to have a person read what he says yeah. because it falls apart immediately. Right. It sounds like a person sputtering, a person who doesn't know what they're talking about. Mm-hmm. Trump manages to not know what he's talking about and sound like he's saying a cogent thought. Right. right. That is one of his gifts. But it wasn't also always that like that. luxurious head of hair he's got. <laughs> I love it. It's real hair. Pulling. It wasn't always like that either. He didn't always speak that way. If you listen to something from he like is, 20 years what, ago, like it's... 70... Seven years old? 74. 74. 74. Yeah. He's the oldest president. He's right? the oldest president. But yeah, like, he always had that, like... And the poorest, too. I'm going to go on record as saying he has the least money. Yeah, really? you think so? Yeah. I mean, you know as well as I do. None of us have seen his tax returns. I'm going to say right here, Donald Trump, poorest U.S. president ever. <laughs> Came yeah. into office with no money. Hmm. It's possible. Yeah, it's possible. We would but, never know. <laughs> but we may actually see the, the records now, The right? 2005... One was leaked. That was also leaked on a day where there was something more important uh-huh. to pay attention to. <laughs> yeah. um, and the 2005 one was 10 years after he lost 990 some million dollars. Right. Uh, and then he went to Russia for help for like a decade. And uh, I don't know what happened next. Mm. I guess he became president. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's how that story ends. No, Adams' whole, uh, my, my assertion of Adams. Um, is Dil- One, Dilbert is not funny. I don't. I don't think it was ever funny. 
Maybe I, it was not meant to be. I was mm. I was surprised to hear that he was kind of a Trump not supporter, but he 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 admired Trump. He's more like a Trumpologist because he doesn't mm. exactly he doesn't vote, right? So he just I don't know, he says he, he doesn't vote. He doesn't vote, but he just sits back and from his perch, he's sort of going like, "I see what the, I know what that guy's doing, and it's brilliant." Because he's an expert in persuasion of, and hypnosis. I feel I I get what Scott <laughs> Adams is saying is that. Um, part of being a writer is being a liar, you know, except for that you admit that what you're saying is all made up. Right. What Trump is doing is just lying. He's a liar. And so when Scott Adams says it's persuasion, yeah, that's exactly what it is, is he's, he's, mm. he's very good at saying things. I could just end it right there. <laughs> uh, that people want to hear. I mean, the Republicans had been alluding to all of these things. Nothing that Trump ever said was new. I mean, except for like when he said like, I'm, uh, he made all of them clap for the gays at the, when he accepted the nomination. That was, that was like a real <laughs> fuck you to them. It was amazing. Which, no, like seriously, when you see that, you're like, what is he doing? Yeah. He was telling them who's in charge when he did that. But, uh, yeah, I'm going to make you clap for something you guys would never do not believe in. Yeah. <laughs> Let's hear it for the gays. Yeah. And then they're like, and then they show like Orrin Hatch, yeah. <laughs> like <laughs> clapping for gay rights. I think that's when he, he probably did this as that a was lit, him litmus test. Fucking them up the ass. That was him checking to see if he's got everyone. Yep. If okay. he's got everyone. These guys are on board. Um, I'm winning, making them clap for the worst fucking thing that like, they could possibly like. Hatred of Mexicans, fear of Muslims, none of that was new. Like, all of that started, you could say, with Bush, but, like, even, like, Willie Horton in the Reagan era and fear of black crime in yeah. the inner cities. You know, like, Chicago. Yeah, there's always, All black people yeah. live in Chicago. Exactly. It's a disaster. There's more murders there than ever. Murder, murder, murder. Capital. Yeah, yeah. No, but, I mean, that that's always... I, I honestly never got the impression that Trump was racist or anything like that. I don't feel like you need to have a certain amount of devotion and uh, and and he insistence. Knows people of race. He's from New York City. Yeah, but I just don't think he gives a shit. Yeah, no. Uh, he would have to give a shit about ah, something else than himself long enough to construct a like, and Mexicans are really this. And he doesn't give a fuck. I've never seen such a no fucks given. Um, uh, energy in a person he's kind of interested in like a little kid into what's going on around him at that moment and how he can get all the attention and then he's got a bunch of these ideas about what makes success and what's powerful and they're all kind of weird antiquated 80s stereotypical things i think i know how to get into his head i think so we were talking about how the comedians the can't get ahead of the story mm -hmm. they should just say that he's not president Try to say, like, how do you know, though? Like, but how do you, like, maybe this is... What if you never were Yeah, elected? no, but what if this is a conspiracy? <laughs> what if this, like, that's how he thinks, right? Like, this is all fucking made up. Oh, you mean, like, insert doubt? Yeah, insert doubt and just say, like, hey, listen, I mean, if you think you're president... That's cool. Yeah, I mean, whatever. Well, what if you're not? <laughs> yeah, but I mean, how, how would you know? Yeah, there would be... Because then he would go to bed the night and be like, well, how do you know? <laughs> It would sink in. He, yeah, four in the morning, he would tweet. He's like, not sure if I am president anymore. Kofifi. <laughs> <laughs> I think... I think... That was my favorite thing they, ever. They could... Uh, Kofifi? That's when he was just like, Kofi. fuck it. <laughs> I still can't picture him, him interacting with a smartphone. I still don't see it in my mind. Like, I'm a filmmaker. I can't sort of... I can't imagine. I can't see how Big he types pudgy. and... How he knows how to where to he's go. A, he's a hunter and pecker. Think so? Yeah. 
Because I, I feel he, he doesn't dic- know about swiping f- or predictive I feel text. like he's got someone on staff. <laughs> yeah? And be like, Jean-Paul, I've and got then, one. And then write, Kofifi. Kofifi. <laughs> what did you do? Oh, I'm sorry, sir. I, I, I wrote Kofifi. I, I just fucked it up. How many dots did you put? Did you put four dots? I put four dots. Put four more. And then a whole new idea preceded by four other dots, but it's not really related, but it looks like it is. Just do it. Okay, sir. Whatever you say. It's like, He's got this guy doing... I can't imagine him sitting in the bed actually typing in... Oh, he's on the toilet. I can't see him. never... You know that he tweets every single time from... Yeah, 4 a.m. This man shits like teeny, tiny, little dried... He's 74. (laughs) Yeah. This is like little rabbit He's at that age where you have to to talk your your penis into peeing? Yeah. Come on, buddy. Let's do it. Alternately. Work with me. Maybe not peeing. (laughs) Come on, dude. Let's do it. Why Let's do, do you think Milani doesn't sleep in the same bed with him? Oh, God. He's incontinent. Also the poorest American president. The poorest, <laughs> according, to, uh, according to you. You want to talk about comics? What are we, how are yeah, we man. doing? Yeah, we're doing good. Let's finish it up. Yeah. Yeah, let's wrap this up. So why don't you uh, tell us in terms of what else? You got the comic, obviously. Yeah. You're, you, you're uh, exploring the screenwriting thing? Yeah. Um, currently a cartoonist going to ride that wave until it crashes. Mm-hmm. Um, it looks more likely now that it's going to sustain itself for a while. Um, but like this is 12 years yeah. and like I grow weary of what I do. Like I, I like the, the visual look. Um, what I really want is someone to say, we like the visual look. Would you like a large sum of money to go make like a graphic novel in this style? Mm. And then I would cast it and do costuming and, you know, like not be in it mm-hmm. personally. You know, Would you do like a Scanner Darkly uh, type of film? I, you know, here's the thing. I don't like Scanner Darkly mm-hmm. very much. Um, would I do like a rotoscoped film? That's kind of more what I meant, yeah. Um, maybe. It, like, that is very difficult. The, the, the studio that made that was called Flat Black Films. They're based out of Austin, Texas. They have a proprietary software called Rotoshop. Um, and if they called me up, I've tweeted at them several times. I'm like, hey. Yeah, it sounds <laughs> like a marriage in uh, heaven. Right. Uh, when Waking Life came out, it was made by like thousands of artists. They just let people do like, you know, uh, do a minute. They're so, literally like, drawing over the film stock. Yeah. yeah. Well, like digitally. Yeah. Um, what would I do? I don't know. Right now, I think I'm going to stay uh, static. I don't think animation is the way to go. It's animation is the only way to make this any harder. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah. Right now, like somewhat less hard than maybe ten years ago, but still, sure, still not easy. But like, I don't have to do sync sound, and I can rewrite dialogue after it's been done. Like, there's so many advantages over film. Like, what I realized by my production technique is that I don't have to have the same two actors on set at the same time. I can shoot your half, and I can shoot the other person's half later. And like all I have to get is like faces and I can swap faces from here and there. Like I can mix and match. Um, Do you have a favorite genre that a film? Oh yeah. That you like to tackle or is that secondary to the story? I mean, uh, magical realism. Mm -hmm. That's a thing. No, I don't have a favorite genre. Like I don't think in terms of genre, I think stories. Do you ever read save the cat? Yes. Okay. So, and that Blake Schneider proposes 10 genres of film. And I, I'm much more inclined to think that way than I am like, you know, like comedy or science fiction. Like those aren't, those are terms that we use for consumption, but not for production. Sure. Yeah. And then there's a bunch of films that don't quite fit anywhere. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Like the Groundhog Days. Waking and Life. Waking Life and um, Three Amigos. Three Amigos. <laughs> I'm going to call that a comedy. I, period I, piece. I think it's easy to call a comedy, but I think it's much more. But that's just me. Groundhog's Day. 
amazing film. Yeah, it's actually, it's discussed in philosophy classes. Sure, it's like, a brilliant, it's like, how long do you think he was in there? Right. Some people think 10,000 years. It's a non anomaly. He could have been in no there. No way to know. It's like He hell, could still be in there. That's a, that's or like a purgatory, like hmm. the idea that he, he taught himself how to play piano, that takes an amount of time, mm-hmm. right? And then he won a woman's heart, and it takes an amount of time. So if you, I love, you know, he goes through like the five stages of grief. And then when he, like, he reaches depression, he tries to kill himself mm-hmm. in every single in the, way. Yeah, every, mm. every possible way. And he gives up. That's such a great movie. It's a deep film. It's yeah. Deep, and they film. never explain why. Well, could there be a satisfying answer? Nope. No. Like if you said, because God thought he would learn a lesson. Yeah. If it had been a series, they would have been forced into one of those corners. For sure. You would have had like Morgan Freeman. Sp- space aliens. Yeah. Something. Uh, Let's not speak of Lost. It never happened. <laughs> no. It was a dream. I'm telling you're already you, dead. So Donald forth Trump, and so forth. You're not really president. <laughs> You've heard it here first. Would you like to uh, plug uh, plug your uh, social medias? Sure. I'm on everything. Uh, I prefer Instagram a lot. Twitter's recently become interesting. Facebook would be great. What are uh, the handles? Just the Dane Men. I think that should lead you there. Yeah. Um, I also have a podcast, uh, which is called the Pod Comics Webcast, which is a web comics podcast. Uh, and like every two weeks we have a guest and, uh, pretty darn proud of it. That's great. Cool, I've I listened like it to it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Richard found you and I was like, this is amazing. How did we not know about this? He's like, well, I knew about this. Now well, you know. I just found out and, and I happened to see a comment where he said he moved to, to Montreal. So that worked out great. Good job, Richard. Once again, you're keeping this boat afloat. <laughs> mm, I do what I can. Well, I'm happy to be here. I hope you it's come back. It's a pleasure. It's Thank really you. really nice meeting you, and uh, the, some of the funnest podcasts—that's not a word—are uh, the ones where we kind of just invite somebody that we have no clear contact with yep. or have never met, actually. Right? This is us meeting for the first time, and then through the podcast, we just start chatting. And I'm sure you've lived this in your in your scenario, right? Or do you know everybody that you have on? No, I mean I've met some people for the first time on, on the call, but. Um Mine is pretty scripted. Like, uh, there's a yeah, it's much more formatted. There's a, yeah, there's a like I have a what do you call it? like an outline that mm-hmm. I follow, and I like the the when we get off topic, but um, yeah, mostly we follow the same pattern every time. I'm thinking of like it's two years now. I'm starting to think of like maybe getting a little weird with the format. Mm-hmm. Um, I have like a lot of people I'd like to have on if I kind of got beyond cartoonist at some point in time. Like I'd like to have filmmakers and comedians and animators. But I'm holding it right where it is right now. Cool, man. Well, uh, congratulations on your success. <laughs> Thank you. You know, <laughs> I'm trying sorry. To s- it's like I feel good, yeah. but like I'm not that successful. No, no. But I said success. Uh huh. There general. has been some. Some. Thank you. <laughs> on the, whatever quantities you believe appropriate. Congratulations on that amount. Okay. And only that amount of success. <laughs> well, I hope to have more. And at that point, I will extend the amount of congratulations. To, to, to encompass the success at that point. At this point, the amount that you have, I congratulate you for Thank it. Thank you. And I mean that uh, I hope you keep doing what you're doing, man. I think you're onto something. Okay. <laughs> 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 no, I just, uh, I have this existential, uh, you know, all artists are like, uh-huh. come on, like you, you want to quit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm with you. So like just now my phone started ringing and it's like, you know, I was right about to quit, right? That's how, it, that those, you hear that story a lot. Edison said, like, I, what I really learned was 2,000 ways to not make a light bulb. Right. So, like, that's the truth is, like, you never hear about the people who gave up. Mm-hmm. You got to just keep, 
keep doing the thing. The message is people give up and success will find you. <laughs> right? I think that's what he was... No, mm. that's not what he was saying. All right. Follow somebody so. else's dreams. <laughs> <laughs> Take someone else's dreams and make them yours. <laughs> and kill that person. <laughs> All right, man. It's been a real pleasure. <laughs> Cheers. Fire in a hole, man. All right. Thanks. Fire in the hole.